Captain. Raging review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand. And let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies, gentlemen, children, babies, Cajun Nation, welcome to another edition of the Region Review Podcast. Once again, we're in season six of all the fun action covering Raging Cajun Athletics from the fan's perspective, you the fan. I'm Jerry. I'm here with Nick. Nick, how are you feeling tonight, buddy? Good evening, man. I'm doing okay. And uh, I don't know if we have any gentlemen. We got some dogs. We got some men. <laughs> gentlemen, I, I'm not too sure about, man. That That's a little questionable, but uh, happy to have all our, our wonderful supporters tuning in tonight. Of course, of course, absolutely. And, you know, we have a lot to talk about tonight. We'll do a little bit of ODU review, just kind of get our thoughts, our final thoughts on that game. Uh, Cajuns dropped a close one, 38 to 31 on the road. But they get a chance for redemption this weekend when they travel to Birmingham to take on the UAB Blazers. Uh, Kickoff will be at 6 p.m. at Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama. You can watch all the action on ESPN+. Plus, Plus you can listen on ESPN, or not ESPN anymore, but uh, 1420, uh, The Goat, 1420 AM, 1033, The Goat, and as well as, I believe, Hot 107.9, if I'm not mistaken. So many, many ways to catch the game and... uh, just wanted to let you guys know that, uh, again, we will be covering a lot tonight. So um, looking forward to it. But, Nick, let's start off. Uh, let's do a little bit of review uh, Old Dominion. Uh, we, we, we vented our frustrations the other night. Like you said, it was kind of like a therapy session. You know, you get a few days to kind of decompress and, and you kind of gather your thoughts on it. What were your overall impressions of that game? I know we talked about it the other night. But now that we're kind of calm and collected and focused on UAB, what did you get out of that game, and what do you think the Cajuns can learn going into Saturday against the Blazers? Yeah, our uh, defense was DOA at ODU. That's what I learned. Um, disappointing showing by the defense. I thought we'd do a lot better. And look, it's it's an L for learning, right? So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think there is a little bit of concern defensively. Um, you know, a, a lot of times we gave up certain scores with, with, with an offense that really didn't do – they didn't really show us too much, right? It was one of those situations where if you lined up a certain way, they ran this play. And if you lined up the other way, they ran that play. And they, it didn't feel like ODU opened up the playbook as much as the fact that they they kind of out-schemed us just because, number one, they, they, they figured out, like our defense couldn't counter their attack on offense. Does that make sense? Like we couldn't, we couldn't really stop counter. Them. Yeah, no, yeah, we couldn't everything stop they threw at us. 
I'm hoping this week, two things I'm hoping this week as we as our team practices and prepares for UAB. Number one, I hope they are able to get set before the snap because we know UAB, they see that film. And look, we're going to talk about it later, but they run an up-tempo offense as well. Um, and number two, that our players don't seem that discouraged because I know Coach Dez, if you watched the highlight video this week, uh, majority of the video showed Coach Dez talking to the team after the game and it was just kind of told them look brush it off you know we have a lot of football ahead of us uh we have a lot of things to correct but we can they're correctable there's there's nothing uh crazy or, or fancy that we can't do um it's just it's getting back to the basics it's getting back to the fundamentals so um yeah i i, I just I, I feel like this is an opportunity this weekend um to go to birmingham play against a UAB team that is kind of similar to ours. They're trying to find an identity. Uh, they're, they're fairly young, playing with a new system, trying trying to really test the waters, you know, on what they have. And so I think it's a pretty evenly matched game. Right now it looks like UAB's favored by two and a half points. But if there's anything I got out of ODU, I also got out that I also got the fact that I think ODU's a lot better than we gave them credit for. Um, yeah, like the Rice game last year, right? Yes. We, we kind of saw that later in the season, so I don't doubt it. And look, it's not all on the defense, but uh, we got we had blown coverage all night, and I think yeah. that hurt us more than anything. Um, and no help in the over the top. I'm kind of so. curious to see like if we're going to run a three down lineman again, because that's something we that's kind of unusual for us to do. We I always agree. prod ourselves on four yeah. down linemen and. They, they gashed us. <laughs> they well, got... they saw something that they thought was there that wasn't. So um, I don't know if we're going to adjust our, our, our game plan for next week. Hopefully we do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think, you know, look, oh, look, I got to. Oh, there he is. Still here in spirit. Still here in spirit. Didn't open up the playbook. These boys ran stacked four wide all the way out to the sidelines. Well, no. Okay, okay. All right, Josh, hold on. Let's 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 look at what they ran, though. A lot of their receivers ran go routes. There was nothing their receiving core did. They weren't crisscrossing. They weren't running all kind of crazy slants. They ran three of their touchdowns were off of strict go routes. And it was because our defenders weren't set. I mean, one of our cornerbacks on the far side was still looking at the sideline the second the ball was snapped and that receiver on the far end took off. So that's what I mean by not opening up the playbook. They just, I mean, they just beat us off with the tempo is really what they did. Um, and running the ball on three down linemen. That's why they got six yards of carry. Um, and just again, we look confused. We, we look confused on defense. We were looking at the sidelines all night. So that's concerning, you know, as well. Um, and that's coaching. Yeah, this is, this is one of those weeks where, um, you know, when you have an accountability period and you try to correct the mistakes, this is a good week to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think, Look, there's a lot of people that are discouraged right now, and I get it. I know, you know, going into the game, the 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 experts uh, or so called experts predicted us to win. Uh, they had some certain people that were saying we were going to win by two scores, three scores. You know, I I'm like you. I do think ODU could be kind of what Rice was last year. I think that they can actually they they might win a few games in the East. Eastern part of the conference and beat some teams that people don't expect them to beat. Um, they're not that bad as what I'm trying to say. And I'm not trying to, I don't want to sugarcoat it, but I don't think we lost to like a, another three and nine team. I don't think this team is going three and nine. Now I may come back and eat crow at the end of the year. If that's what their record ends up being. I, I thought that looked better than a three and nine team. 
I'm just going to let it play out, man. And they had a lot of transfers as well. So we didn't know how to really game plan or we didn't game plan very well for that particular situation. So I'll give it some time. I'm not pressing the, the panic button. And that's why I didn't have a lot to say. I already flushed it. I don't want to think about it anymore. Um, it is what it is. And, and it didn't look pretty on the defensive side. Sorry, Josh, um, whether that's coaching or playing, that's really what I, in my opinion, cost us the game. The offense was there. Um, and then also we can't forget special teams. Special teams did not put us in a position to, to have good field position or to push UAB back, should I say, and, and give them poor field position. They had good field position all night, all night. Every time you turn around, we kick it off and they were at the 40. So, um, yeah, it's not the offense. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. It wasn't an offensive problem on Saturday night. Well, Coach Dez even alluded to it on his Monday press conference. He said the the kickoff team, as far as following their lanes and everything, I mean, it was just bad. I mean, he just said it. It was terrible. And so that's And you can that... see it on TV, right? I mean, it was. he's not saying anything we didn't know. My question is, how are we going to fix it? That's what I want to see. How are we going to fix it? We know the problem, but can we fix it? Right, and you don't want to give them good field position. I mean, this UAB offense is pretty explosive themselves. So I, I think um, that's, you know, Coach Pascal and Coach Dez and the, co and the coaching staff, they're going to have to get back to the drawing board this week on special teams. Um, because, you know, we used to prod ourselves on kickoff team. I mean, there were times when I remember a few years back, you know, return men weren't getting to the 30. They'd be lucky to get to the 30. Last week, ODU, three kickoffs, close to the 50 yard line that's not that's not who we are we've never we've never been that type of um of, of kickoff team that allowed that much yardage so hopefully look it's the second game of the year i hope that they can at least work on this now because here's the thing this stuff compounds man it accumulates you don't want to have trouble now and then <laughs> as time goes on it just gets worse and worse and other teams start picking that on on film yeah it'll be very telling weekend this is going to yeah. be a very telling weekend on many fronts. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I flushed it already, so I'm ready to move yeah. on. But, um, but the guys haven't. I'm sure they're they're st they're looking ahead, but they haven't forgotten. So we'll see how they respond. We'll see how the coaches respond, and we'll see how the players respond. I think the players are going to come out fired up. I think well, they'll I be think ready to play. Well, let's talk about the positive real quick. I thought the offense moved the ball pretty well for the most part. Um, you know, it was a pretty decent balanced attack. The run game was great. The offensive line played probably their best game in a long time. Uh, I thought Ben did a pretty good job um, in the as far as his passing game. I mean, he threw the ball well. Uh, and everybody, I know everybody wants to get on him on that last play, but, I mean, it doesn't take away the rest of the game. I mean, I think what was most frustrating, what was most frustrating to me was, you moved the ball 90 yards up the field in that last drive. I mean, you literally have the ball at the three-yard line. They down it. You move it 90 yards, mixing and matching, running and passing, right? You blend it. And we don't run it one time. And you don't line. run it one time on the seven. Now, Coach Dez said they, they, they ODU ran a defense. They looked like they stacked, stacked, the, stacked the box. I mean, that's kind of what they did. And they, they, dared, they dared Ben to throw. Um, there was one play I think he mentioned, or I think out of – Two out of the three plays, or all three plays, I think they blitzed every play. Um, but with that said, we have to counter that. We have to counter that. And, um, you know, that third down play, I forgot who the receiver was, but he threw a pass right down the middle in his hands. Got to catch it. Got to catch it. Yep. So, um, you know, in situations like that, it, it's, it's yes, it's upsetting. But then you look back and you're like, well, if we would have converted, you know, we'd have we'd be having a different conversation right now. And man, you know? uh, let's talk about Harvey Broussard, right? Let's talk about Williams. Let's talk about yeah. uh, our tight ends, you know, made some catches. Neil Johnson made some catches. So 
it it was good to see our young wide receivers getting not only some experience but also making some plays. That was really good to see. I want to see more Broussard um, and yes. and Dalen Cambry. I don't even know if he caught a pass last weekend. Um, I haven't heard a whole lot from him, but uh, in watching the UAB game, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, all of their success was on the outside hashes. All of their mm -hmm. success passing from Georgia Southern was on the outside hashes against UAB last weekend, and they they targeted the, the, the sidelines a lot. I'd like to see Cambry in the middle of the field running crossing routes. Um, because that's about, I call him a poor man's Danny Amendola, but maybe I mean, <laughs> he's a rich man's Danny Amendola. That's, that's what I want to see Dalen do is, is run those crossing routes and uh, have some success in the middle of the field to open it up for us. So, um, we'll talk about UAB in a little bit, but I just wanted to throw it out there. I'd like to see a little more of, of Dalen in the coming weeks. And, and look, I don't want to play armchair quarterback here, but I just ask of one thing. Can we not run these gimmicky reverses, reverse plays? We lost you like 15. Yeah, we lost like 15 yards. It was like second and five or second and we didn't and need six. to do it. We didn't need and to do it. That's the problem. We, we run a reverse and then we fumble and then it's third and 26. Now you have to punt. And I think they scored on the following drive. Like one gimmicky, fancy schmancy call. And now you're you got your back against the wall. You have to give them the ball back and then they give you seven. So or you give them seven. I mean, that things like that, those little things, those minute details make the biggest difference in the game. Small things. Totally agree. You know? And we need to do the small things. That because we're we're not where we were in 2020 or 2021. So the small things matter. Yeah, I also think too for us, like we've never been we've never had an offense that has been gimmicky like that. Like we don't run flea flickers, we don't do the fancy schmancy reverse pass, we don't do all of this crazy, you know, halfback pass and all that stuff. That's just not who we are. I mean, we've never been that way. Um, and don't start now. I mean, it, no. if, we're, if we're up 70 to three, then yeah, you can do your little fancy schmancy stuff. But again, the reason we were so successful in our Napier is because we did the little things, right? The little things that matter, the little things that aren't on 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 the, the, the box score, right? We did the little things. And, and that seems, one, discipline. We had way too many penalties. And that's, that's, I'd say it's a little thing. It's a big thing, but that's just one of the little things that if you have no penalties, you're not really talking about it that much. You're like, oh, we didn't get penalized. Good job. But those are the little things that we need to do to be successful. Cause like I said, we don't have an all NFL offensive line. We've got some good offensive linemen, but they're not all NFL. Like they were in 2020, 2021, <laughs> yeah. we see three guys in the NFL right now off yeah. of that line. So we've really got to stress doing the little things every week. And if we get away from that, then I think you're going to see a little more of what you saw against ODU. And if you don't have that communication, because there's a breakdown somewhere between our defensive backs and the coaching staff and where everybody is supposed to be positioned. Again, I'm not putting that on players. I'm putting that on coaching. Lamar's got to do better. We got to do better on the coaching side of, of, of things so that guys are in position and they're not looking confused. And we have help over the top when we need it. And, and when we're expecting it and it's not there, that, that just looks bad. So again, Week one to week two is a big improvement. Two to three is another big improvement. I hope that's what we see at UAB because it's going to be tough. They don't usually lose a lot at home, and that's going to be something that's a little bit concerning. Now, they did lose to Rice a couple years ago, so um, you know I think we started that streak when we went up there and beat them at home, which they never lose. So I don't know. We just got to do the little things, Jerry. We got to do yeah, the little I mean, things. And and we got to execute. Let's, well, let's be real, man. Billy's offenses here were boring. They were boring. There was nothing fun about it. Well, unless, they're still like, boring where he's at right yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, well, he's hearing a lot of it from the fans, too, over there. But, I mean, like, 
his offense was boring. And and the thing about it was like it was fun when you had a Raymond Calais or Elijah Mitchell or a Trey Regis or you know um, an Amani Bailey. When you had those bruiser backs getting 15 yards a carry and breaking a long run, yes, that was fun. But other than that, you know, a lot of times he would try to keep Levi in the pocket and. You know, it was like as the season we went on. We were nickeling let, and dime, diming our way down little, the field, basically. The little dink right? and doink screens. Yeah. I'm like, dude, yeah. open it up, man. Make it fun. But, but hey, it got results, it, man. It got results. And he couldn't have done that had we not done the little things. There's no way we could have run that Rarely turn the ball offense. over. Rarely turn the ball over. Levi didn't throw many interceptions. We didn't fumble often. Um, Not many offensive holding calls or anything like that. That's another thing, too, that I was a little upset about over the weekend. The penalties. Ten penalties. Yep. Got to correct that. 70 yards, Fix man. it up. Crazy. Fix it up. Fix it up. But anyway, uh, so we got that out the way with ODU. Uh, look, the Monarchs, I'm, I'm hoping they're a better team just because it doesn't make this loss look as bad on us. Um, I know it's cliche. I know Coach Dez told the team and he's told the media, you know, everything's still ahead of us, which is good. But as time goes on, starting this week... This is a crucial week. This is a very crucial week. Yeah, look, we all love Des, but we got to start getting results, right? We got to start getting results. And and um, no no coach on the staff on any sport is uh, not subject to that requirement, right? I mean, we're paying you money to win games and do it the right way, right? We want you to do it the right way and run a clean program. But in the end, you got to get results. And so we got to start seeing some some results. Um Des is not an excitable guy. He's not going to go out and yell at fans to come out and, and like like HUD did. So it getting results really means a lot to him and his legacy here at UL. And I think you know that starts this season. Um, and I think that starts next game. I'm not saying it's a it's a make it or break it year for Des. I mean he's only in year two. But what I'm trying to say is his, our, our love for him has to translate into into victories against teams that we should beat. Right. If we lose to a Florida state, that's all, you know, of course, that's not going to happen. But when we're playing ODU and now UAB and Buffalo and Sunbelt Conference teams, we sh that we should beat, we, we got to start winning those games. So, yes, ODU could be better than we thought, but our expectation was raised during Napier. I get it. We don't have those recruits. I get it. Those were in it. That was NFL talent. But let's not slip back into just accepting mediocrity. From a coaching standpoint, from a playing standpoint, from a fan standpoint, we need, we've elevated ourselves. So now we got to start showing for it. So I think that's why I was so disappointed at, at ODU is because that's a game we typically would expect to win. And I still expect to win those types of games. And we didn't, um, but we got to start. Otherwise it's going to start you're going to start hearing some racket. And I don't want to go down that path. I'm tired of hearing racket. We just want some wins. Well, just let it be a lesson. Let you know, like you've always said, like Robe always said, "L is for learn." Let's learn from this. Take this into UAB and and turn it into a positive and and come out with a W. Because here's the thing. Here's the good news about this, and I don't want to look too far ahead. But if you go to Birmingham and you get this win, okay, against a UAB team that they're pretty hungry too, right? Coming off a disappointing loss against Georgia Southern last week, you go in there, you win. You're two and one. You come home against Buffalo. You know, you, you got, you get to come back. They got now Buffalo has to come down to play in the humidity of South Louisiana. They lost to Fordham last week. You beat them. You're three and one going into Minnesota. So 
everything is still in front of us. We just have to take care of business. Don't want to look too far ahead starting this week. So yeah, that's when Buffalo comes down, we'll feed him some of those swamp things. You remember those old po boys that had everything on it, including like some uh, some uh, I think they had crawfish etouffee on top of fried shrimp on top of fried catfish. We'll feed that to them pregame and then uh, <laughs> see how well they do in that humidity in the swamp. Agreed. Agreed. Well, anyway, so with that said, uh, that's the ODU review. Uh, before we talk a little bit about UAB, let's thank our sponsors real quick. And we'll start off with Gordon McKern Injury Attorneys, office locations in Lafayette, Alexandria, Lake Charles, Monroe, Shreveport, Zachary, Denham Springs, Gonzalez, Hammond, and the home office in Baton Rouge. Go by and see the Chief Happiness Officer Penny. You'll be glad you did. Get the G guarantee, Gordon will win your case, or you don't owe a dime. No costs, no expenses, no fees, nothing. They do thousands of NIL deals, or thousands in NIL deals. They assist athletes with everything from promoting their personal brands to networking within the business world. To, and you can call them toll-free at 888-532-1573, getgordon.com get gordon and get it done lafayette roofing and general contractors licensed and insured locally owned and family operated talk to darren domang fan of the pod and also a proud ul alum and rcaf supporter lafayette roofing is certified with the better business bureau where mr domang serves as a board director fancy schmancy darren there you go <laughs> reminder if you haven't inspected your roof for damage with the wild weather we've had the last couple of years, make sure to check for sagging signs of water damage, dark spots, holes, cracked or torn shingles, large amounts of shingle granules in gutters, presence of rot, mold or moisture. You have three different options for financing available. Also, they offer exceptional interior and exterior painting and sheetrock services. They have over 10,000 satisfied customers. I mean, that means they can't be wrong, right? Give Darren and the crew a call today, 337-237-ROOF. That's 337-237-7663 or visit lafayette-roofing.com. Patriot Steel Group. The guys over at Patriot Steel Group would like to thank all RCAF donors and encourage everyone to consider giving any amount they can to support our student athletes and their mission to promote our great university. Of course, it's led by friend of the pod, Chris Russo. This is his new venture founded in 2021. The founders of Patriot Steel Group have over 100 years of experience collectively in the oil and gas industry, and they offer domestic ERW or electric resistance welded and seamless tubulars we can provide you with quality steel anywhere in the united states from premium alloys to carbon grade contact brandon galette or reed barbier at 337-443-9296 or visit the patriot steel group linkedin page i just and want to say again uh darren domain is probably watching i still need a new roof uh <laughs> and i'm in houston so if you can make that happen, man, I, I've learned since moving to Houston, I've learned how to make a mean brisket. I think I made one for Josh. He could probably attest to that. I make a mean brisket, got a pool. It's really nice. Just come hang out <laughs> on a weekend and put a roof up for me and we'll call it even. All right. 
Well, there you go, guys. So that's going to do it for our sponsors. Thank you so much for the support of Rage and Review Podcast and give these guys a call with any of the services listed that you need. So anyway, moving on uh, again, this week we play the UAB Blazers. The Cajuns will travel to Birmingham and the kickoff will be at 6 p.m. at Protective Stadium. So let's talk a little bit about the Blazers. Um, first year head coach, Trent Dilfer, former NFL quarterback, Super Bowl champion. Uh, kind of an interesting route he took becoming a head coach there. Um, didn't really have the, I don't think he was a head coach um, at any other college, was he? I don't think he was. So. No, I think this was his first gig, and I think UAB's coach last season had a back injury, and he had to retire from coaching. So they had a 7-6, and six, I think, season, or 6-6, six and six, something like that last year, uh, with an interim coach, and then they hired Dilfer. But I think this is, if I'm not mistaken by that story, I think this is his first coaching job, you know, um, outside of probably Pee Wee League, right? Well, good for him. Good for him. And uh, I know he's got a, his work cut out for him. Uh, it looks like he had quite a new few players or has quite a new few players this year. Uh, you know, just the UAB football program. I mean, what a story. Um, shutting down, basically. I think it was 2013 they, they shut down and um, for about two or three years took a hiatus. The Alabama Board of Directors or whoever it was brought him back. Uh, the Board of Regents brought him back, and they had they had this sort of resurrection of a program starting in 2017. Won a few Conference USA championships. Um, really made a name for themselves in the G5, especially the G5 level. Uh, of course, the Cajuns went down there in 2020 during the COVID season. Ended their 21-game home win streak with a huge win in, at Legion Field, 24-20. Uh, to 20. Um but they've really, since they've come back, have had a lot of success. So good that they are now members of the American Conference. They're one of six that left Conference USA to join the American, and they officially became members this year on July 1st. So, you know, to me, when you play a G5 school, uh, UAB to me is sort of that model program that you want to compare yourself to as far as uh, sort of creating a barometer for yourself on where you are as a G5. So yeah, uh, especially, really... especially Jerry, since they have, I mean, theirs is, is, is year light years ahead of, of where we are in Louisiana, as far as, as programs go and sec teams in the state, but that that's one, a cautious tale on how, you know, uh, things like that can happen and they can nearly shut an entire football program down. And uh, number two, they, they have a lot of the same issues that we do, playing second fiddle to other SEC schools in the, in the state and always being looked down upon and never being good enough. And, you know, when you do something good, well, but how many, how many championships do you have? And it, it's not about that. It's about us being the best that we can be and trying to maybe compete for a championship one day if, if given the opportunity. And now with the new college football playoff, if things hold true, we might have a chance to actually compete uh, in that playoff. So, um, it's, it's, that we have a lot in common with them and, um, what, what they did to come back from what they had to go through is, is just truly amazing. And not only come back from it, be successful at it. So, uh, lots of respect for UIB. Yeah. Not to mention too. I mean, you know, what's amazing is they come back and, you like like because before they shut the program down one of the excuses or one of the reasons from you know the alabama board was well nobody shows up to their games they don't have support and i think when they took that two or three year hiatus 
and there was no UAB football, I think people under like realized like, wow, like this is heavy stuff for them not to be here. And when they came back, I think there's more people locally that appreciate more the fact that they're that they exist, their football program exists. And I mean, the first couple of years at Legion Field, I mean, we all know how run down Legion Field was, but you still put 25, 30,000 people when they returned. And I mean, they packed that place very well. And then they won on top of that. And, then, and like I said, it's a cautionary tale because our city, our, our town, our team, when, I mean, sometimes you don't appreciate what you have until it's gone. And I think that was a situation in Birmingham that they were like, holy crap, it really happened. Like we, So don't, I guess my thing is don't let it get to the point where you're looking at, at that situation to support the team. Appreciate what you got in the moment because in, in an instant like that, it could go away based on some political shawls that's going on, especially in the state of Louisiana. So support the team now. Don't wait till something like that happens to go out and, and, and support the team. The ice skaters, when they went away, their last game was the biggest attended game in 10 years. Where were you for 10 years? If it meant that much to you on the last game, you should have been there. So don't let it get to that point is, is I guess what I'm saying. No, of course. And, and, you know, look what it's turned into, right? They go from, basically being left for dead as a program and now they they're in the american conference they play in this beautiful stadium i'm actually excited to see what this what it's going to look like on tv i've seen some of their games before but um to see one of our teams play in there and try to get a feel for that atmosphere there um it's exciting to see that they i mean you want to talk about investing in facilities they've invested in that football stadium in downtown birmingham and, uh, you know, on top of that, uh, UAB's credit, I mean, look at that. They have a med school that's really, really good. It's one of the best in the country. Um, they, they, they've done a great job, and they've done a great job pushing their brand and, and, and intertwining a- academics and athletics. And I think we're kind of trying to follow that same, that same model. I mean, their basketball team, uh, I think they won the NIT recently, um, or they've been to the final a few times. I mean, they, they've... They've got some pretty respectable uh, programs down By the way, I have to correct myself. I I started thinking about it after I made the comment of of Dilfer not coaching anywhere. He did coach at Lipscomb for a couple of years before heading over to UAB. So um, he does have some head coaching experience prior to to coming to the Blazers. Fair enough, fair enough. So anyway, now that we've uh, kind of talked a little bit about UAB, let's talk about UAB football. Um, Again, they have a one-in-one record. They opened up the season against North Carolina A&T. Uh, they won 35 to six really didn't. I mean, a game like that is kind of like our game against Northwestern state. You know, you, you play an FCS team, you're, you're better than them. You pretty much dominate for the most part. You get the W looks good on the record column. The big test was last week. Uh, they went to Statesboro, take on a uh, Sunbelt conference member, uh, Georgia Southern and the Eagles, they took care of business. I think they beat them. I think the final score, I don't have it in front of me, but it was 49 to 35. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Georgia Southern pretty much, um, offensively had their way. Uh, I actually have some stats from that game, uh, and, and it kind of blends into the conversation we're about to have about our game coming up. Um, I'm looking at the stats. Uh, UAB had 478 total yards of offense to Georgia Southern's 462. Uh, UAB threw the ball 385 yards. Their quarterback, Jacob Zeno, Redshirt Jr. transfer out of Baylor. He went 33 for 43, 385 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, they, but they ran the ball for 92 yards, 92 yards total. Uh, they averaged three, they had 29 rushes averaging 3.2 yards a carry. So that, that, 
that kind of stuck out to me when I saw that. Um, and then Georgia Southern had 118 yards rushing on the ground. So UAB actually had more uh, more yards of offense than Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, where they got them, I actually looked at the highlights, where Georgia Southern got them was actually over the top. Their second, they, they, they actually schooled UAB secondary, which is very similar to what happened to us against ODU. Um, so they have uh, two running backs, Isaiah Jacobs and Jermaine Brown, um, both of which uh, Isaiah Jacobs, a transfer from Maryland. He actually went to Independence Community, uh, Independence College, which is the school on um, what was oh, the? Oh, jeez, uh, yeah, it Netflix. was. Uh, I was gonna say Hard Knocks, but it's not Hard, hard Knocks. It's not Hard Knocks. Um, I'm drawing a blank, but uh, yeah, I just last remember chance that coach. You. It was last, last chance, chance you, you. Yeah. with that coach, Coach Jason. Oh man, he's yeah. still around. I mean, he's not coaching, but he's still loud. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in his hot tub, smoking his cigar. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Tremaine Brown, uh, senior running back from, from UAB. So they got a pretty decent run game. That's why I was surprised to see they only had 92 yards on the ground. Um, each had a touchdown. And I had the chance. So so before we, 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 we talked earlier, Nick, I had the chance to listen to our friends at the UAB Blazer Victory podcast. Uh, I wanted to hear what their thoughts were on the game, wanted to kind of hear what they thought about our game. And it was interesting because – First of all, they gave us a shout out. So thank you guys to our friends at the UAB uh, at the Blazer Victory podcast. They said um, uh, they said they, they listened to our, our post game and they're like, man, we need to do something like that. So Nick and I uh, to our friends at Blazer Victory, uh, if y'all if y'all need any advice or anything, just shoot us a DM. We'll give you all the rundown on how to do it so your fans can vent. Uh, as well, just like ours do. So, uh, like I said, it's good therapy, great therapy. But um, anyway, so I listened to their episode and and a few things they they brought out or mentioned was very similar to us. Like this Saturday is a must win for the Blazers because guess who they play after us? They go to Georgia. So this is a very, very tough stretch they have after they play the Cajuns on Saturday to where if they lose to us, there's a chance they can go somewhere i think like one and four before conference play um and so you know their defense very similar to ours uh their defense is a work in progress they have some new guys and newcomers that 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 start for them kind of like us um their keys to victory they said that the defensive line is has to get off off of blocks and the secondary has to uh watch watch out for the play action pass um I like I said I looked at some of the the highlights against Georgia Southern and Georgia Southern beat them on the pass. I mean they they had some decent play action fakes. They had I think they had a halfback pass in the game, uh, wide open, wide open touchdowns against their secondary, which means our young passing game has a chance to create some opportunities there. Maybe that's some opportunities for for Williams and Broussard and and Pete and those guys. So um, you know if I'm Ben. I'm running past, I'm keeping an eye on that pass scale this week at practice and trying to emphasize, hey guys, look, <laughs> there's a vulnerable secondary that maybe we can, you know, get some, build some confidence with. Um, but they, they, listening to them, they also said we have a young receiving core. So it's almost like a game of chess. They're confident that they're defense and secondary can counter our young receivers. And I'm looking at it like our young receivers can counter their inexperienced secondary or inconsistent secondary. So 
that matchup is going to be is going to be exciting to see. Yeah, um, and I just want to mention on their secondary, they've got some guys who are juniors, sophomores, and juniors in their secondary. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, they only have like seven returning starters from last year. But there's a lot. There's still experience there because they've they've hit the transfer portal. You know, they have some guys who didn't start last year that are now starting. But it's relatively inexperienced as far as playing as a starter for UAB. So that's going to be interesting, like you said, to see how that develops next week. Because they got burned a lot last week. And again, it was outside of the hashes. It was all, uh, all their passes were, were towards the sideline. So it'll see if we have the same game plan to try to attack those sidelines. I'd really still like to see Cambry in the middle, but hey, I'm not a coach. I'm not going to call call plays, but uh, going to be interesting to see if if we if we start the game airing it out because what what Georgia Southern didn't have to do is run the ball, and when they did, UAB stopped them. But they didn't have to run it because they were beating them with the pass the entire game. Um, so we'll see what our game plan is. How you know how we come out the gates if if we try to pound it to loosen up. Um, to, to loosen up the defense or if we just come out swinging it slinging it we'll see what happens yeah and also too like our offense is is not as it's very different than theirs because yeah we run a little bit of a spread but we like to run off tackle and, and we like to we like to we run the ball i mean that's just we have the five linemen that with size and we just try to out physical their front four or their their d line and you know, we just try to run it at them and open up and set up for a play action pass. I think this is a good week. You know, after seeing the way we ran the ball last week, uh, this is a great opportunity to see what we can do against their front seven. I mean, you know, their defensive line. Um, I mean, if we can just kind of just if if we can if we can be consistent against the run game like we were last week, I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to move the football. And I think it can set up for the pass. Um, I hope that we can do that. I, I, I think we can run a similar scheme as last week, except again, north to south. No fate, no fancy reverses, no gimmicky stuff. Um, move the ball with a little bit of fluidity and try to get our younger receivers just more experience. I noticed last week Harvey Broussard, I mean, he dominated those first few drives, but I didn't hear from him the rest of the game. And I'm guessing that's because they keyed in on him. But, you know, there's a there, again, there's opportunities this week against against UAB secondary. So um I'm looking forward. I really am looking forward to that matchup between our receiving core and their secondary. I want to see who's gonna outdo the other because both are young. Both sides are young. Who's gonna have that 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 extra step? And you know, look, <laughs> moving moving to their offense, they're an up-tempo offense. They run they run a pistol. They spread it out a little bit. They have a mobile quarterback in Jacob Zeno. You know, he can throw and run. He can do both. So this is a good week for our secondary to kind of like them, step up, see what yeah. we can and do. And look, they had, they had some big plays last week. I'll give you an example. Jacob Zeno, a long pass of 67 yards. Um, they're running backs. Long of 25, long of 19. Jacob Zeno had a run for 19. Um, passing game, like I said, one of the one of the receivers had a, a 67-yard reception. Um, Palmer, 29-yard long reception, 20 yards for hooks. So they even TJ Jones had two catches. One of them was for 23 yards. So they can they can expose you uh, and expose your secondary if you allow them to. And we've got a look, we didn't get any pressure on the quarterback last week. 
and it didn't look like we were trying to get any pressure. We were rushing three, so it didn't look like we were trying to get pressure. And when we brought pressure, we got to him, or at least rattled him a little bit. So uh, if you see that that the kid is is slinging it all over the field, takes take some well time chances, and 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 you know, it's always fifty fifty, right? Whether or not bringing pressure is going to work, but you got to in that situation at least try to bring or at least show pressure so that you got that quarterback thinking and doubting himself but if we go the whole night and and just you know um not bring any and, and sit with with three you know rush three the whole game when the guy's flinging it up and down the field it's going to be a long night for us defensively because again we looked lost last week and when i say lost we we were looking for coverage over the top that wasn't there we were looking to the sideline to figure out which play there were a couple times that that uh odu was lined up ready to snap the ball and we're still looking on the sideline trying to figure out what the play call is we've got to clean that up against uab because i just have a feeling it's going to be a game like we had last week because our teams right now based on the performance last week are so similar it's kind of scary I mean, they're having special teams issues. I think their place kicker also. Now, thankfully, Kenny's been pretty consistent, knock on wood, but their place kicker has missed kicks between 25 and 35 yards the last two weeks. So it, there's a, so many similarities between the two teams. Interesting to see how this is going to play out and develop next week. But I do think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, I think I think because of the fact that we both have big playability and, and Ben showed uh, who Ben was last week, like who we expected him to be. I think it's going to be a fun game regardless. Well, I think both teams can score points. They both can put up points. They both can put up yardage. I, I think the big key for our defense is keeping them off the field because our offense, we move a little bit slower. Not to say we're a slow offense, but we're not up-tempo. We don't try to run to the line after every play. We're a little bit more methodical, if that makes sense. So I think offensively, if we could just just keep drives going, extend drives, and then on top of that, keep them off the field. Well, we got to play the field position game. I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it every single week. They've got to play the field position game, and we've got to win that field position game because we lost it last week. You cannot give these guys... Uh, a starting field position at the 35-yard line on a kickoff because you kicked it out of bounds. You can't let a guy break tackles and get up to the 50 on a, on a punt return or a kickoff. You got to clean that up. That is so important when you're trying to fig figure out what your defensive identity is because we talked about that on Saturday night. We are not quite sure what our defensive identity is. So if that's the case, our special teams has to help us out there. They've got to put the, our defense in a position to be able to be successful when you're setting it up, setting the other team up at midfield first and 10 at midfield to kick, to kick it off. That's not great. That's not getting off to a good start. So our special teams, I will say it again, has got to be better against UAB. If we want to have a chance to win now, again, UAB is having their old struggle. So we've got to take advantage of that. If they fumble a ball, if they, you know, if they give us great field position, make something of it. But again, it, I'll say it. Special teams got to get better. We got to improve on that facet quicker than probably any other unit on the team right now. Well, I agree with that. 
I agree with that. I mean, we've always won games based off of, of good field position and, and that field position battle. When it becomes a field position battle, we've always been we've always been more uh, aggressive with that, I guess, you know, um, because of the way we run our offense. Again, we're not the up-tempo. We can burn clock. We can run the football. We get those, those tough yardage. I mean, that's just who we are. That's how we're built. So if we could do that and keep their offense up the fe- off the field and keep their – keep their their tempo off that's our advantage so that's that's what i'm hoping for is just you know get a few three and outs don't let their offense extend drives because they're not getting into a rhythm when they do that and then just ground and pound ground and pound open up for the play action don't try to get too gimmicky and just move the ball on them really if you look at the marshall game last year that was a perfect model right you played an offense that they like to run they're a little bit up tempo and then you pick off a pass, and then you get the ball, and then you, you you methodically move the ball down the field, and you open up a play action and score, and you do it again, and and you just beat them on field position. That to me is the key to a game like this. It's very similar to what we dealt with at Marshall last year. If we could do that, I feel really good. I mean, look, they are playing with their backs against the wall as well. It's not just us. Again, very similar, very similar teams. There's a lot of a lot of similarities between these two teams, uh, situation-wise, um, the weaknesses, the strengths, everything that we that we're talking about ourselves, UAB's talking about the same thing. Yeah, but I I don't think this is a make it or break it game for us. And and if we lose against UAB, yeah, we're one and two. That's not great. But you come back against Buffalo where you should win, and now you're two and two. But to me, the the pressure's a little more on them because, like you said, they get to play Georgia next week. And, right? Oh, and then after that, they go to Tulane. So and they then play they play us, Tulane. And they go to Georgia and Tulane back right. to back. So, so yeah. the pressure is going to be all on UAB to win this game. Now, that could work for them. They could come out fired up. They can, you know, put up a, t- we know they can put up a ton of points and use that to that advantage. Or they can come out and try to press and make mistakes and we take advantage of it because, again, we're not pressing. We're not, this is not live or die. We got it. We should win this game and it's not going to be looking great, but it's not the end of our season. We still, like Des said, have everything in front of us that that we want. So I, I just feel like backs against the wall. I'm not buying that we have our backs against the wall. I think UAB does from their scheduling perspective. So hopefully we can use that to our advantage. You want to you look, you want to win on the road, too. I mean, this is a winnable road game for us. And after seeing the way we kind of let it slip last week, this is a perfect week to redeem ourselves. I mean, this is a perfect week for redemption and our team to build confidence before Buffalo comes to town. And on top of that, just as a fan, we're playing the we're playing a school from the AAC, man. I want some trash talk. I want some I want some bragging rights, man. So so been, the AAC is great because we've been yip yapping all summer. You because know? I mean, CUSA moved into it, and now they they think they're in a P five conference, and it's the best conference ever, and they're better. UAB is better because now they're in the AAC. All all is that how it works? That's how I'm getting it. Yeah. Because apparently, if you join that conference, then you're automatically better. Well, according to some USF fans, we need to know our place. Oh, the one in eleven Bulls from last year. Yeah, yeah you we know need the to team know our had, place. The team that had trouble beating Florida A and M last week. We have to know <laughs> our place because uh, and lost to Western Kentucky two weeks ago. We got to know our place, Nick. Okay, because we, I think we can't you know handle. what I think. You look, I, I can't. I, <laughs> those are some 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 couillons. But look, if uh, we were in the same situation where we sat in a conference that we thought was the Big East. And everybody that's good leaves you, and you're stuck with, with, with no offense, not stuck with, 
But North Texas, then you got Rice, then you get UAB, UTSA. You're, you're kind of feeling a little left behind, and you got to somehow make yourself feel better about the situation. So I get it. I'd be pissed off, too, and telling everybody how great we are when, when you know, my 1-11 team can't even barely get past an FCS team I've, I don't think I've ever heard of. So God bless yeah, but, those but guys. But the thing is, back it up. Like, if you, if you want to talk about, you know, going to another conference, telling me to know my place, like, back it up. I mean, it's we've had more social media, success. Jerry. You take that so seriously. You need to because turn that off sometimes. Even if it's social media, like, there's a level of, of there's just a level of, of, of just rationality that you have to take. Like, if you go 1-11, you don't tell anybody to know their place. Your basketball team has one winning season in 10 years, okay? Your baseball team went to a Super Regional for the first time ever in 2021. Like, no offense to their fans and no offense to to, to, to their school. I mean, they're a great school. They're an AAU institution, great school. But, like, back, back up the trash talk on the field, right? Like, show me something. Give me a reason to trash talk. Don't just say because we were... You know, like like there was a North Texas fan that hung up a banner as a joke. They put a banner on 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 social media. It said USF with the Bulls logo considered for a bigger conference or something like that. Like it's like this moral victory stuff. Come on, man. Look, come on. I I, I agree, but I will say TCU put up uh, it's not a banner, but they on their stadium, they have like a sign. That says national championship or playoffs, college football playoffs, 2003 to 2023 or whatever it says on there. I'm all about that. I think we need more of that. But like you said, that's a little bit, that's a little bit out there, but things like that, where other, other, you know, somebody was, people are making fun of, of them putting that, that sign up. Hell, we need more signs. We need to, we need to celebrate the good things that we do in our program. We don't do that enough. So yes, that you are correct. That is silly. But I think in some situations where other people are making fun, it's actually what we need to do more of. But again, it's social media. People can say whatever they want and then dip out and never have to talk to you again. They don't need to, to, to back up their argument. They're going to say whatever they want to say just to get under your skin. That's you social like media. Our, our 2021 football conference championship banner that is non-existent. Yeah, that one. Okay. Well, we have a new stadium in a couple of years, so hopefully I expect uh, it on there. I I would expect the banner for the new stadium. Um so anyway, okay, Nick, give me three keys to victory against the Blazers. What you got? Yeah, we got we're not going to stop their their passing game, but we've got to limit the big plays. So that's number 1. We've got to find a way to limit the big plays um in the passing game. Number 2, got to be the special teams game we've got to be successful uh, i will say it till i'm blue in the face we've got to be able to pin them back and get some good field position and then number three i think we've got to control the clock and run the ball and pound it when you're facing a high powered offense like them and look we're high powered too but i don't want to get in another shootout like we did last weekend because we saw how that worked out so i'd like to see us uh try to try to pound them into submission uh offensively and then if you open up the pass after that, that's fine. But again, I think we've got to get out of trying to get in, uh, get out of the habit of having a shootout game when our, our defense is struggling a little bit in the passing game. Let, let's give them some help. Let's pound the ball. Let's run it. 
Um, Draylon, I saw the the depth chart. Draylon's not on the depth chart oh, this week. I know, man. Yeah. So oh, so that man. that sucks. But I'm I'm feeling uh, good about the guys we have behind him, right? Because yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. They can still run the ball and they can have do it with success. So I think we've got to slow the game down. We've got to control the time of possession. We've got to be good on special teams, and we've got to limit the big plays in the passing game. I think if we do those three things, then it'll go our way. I don't know that if you can, if you don't do all three of those things that you can win. I think they've got to do all three of those things and, and be dominant on those three phases of the game for us to have a chance. If we fail at one of those, it could, it could be another sad ending for us on Saturday night. So those are my three keys to the game. No, I think, look, mine are very similar to yours. No, th those are good ones because you're right. All three of those uh, keys to the game, I mean, you have to do it to have a chance against this particular team. Uh, to your point, my three, just like you said, extend drives. But while we extend those drives, utilize the wide receiver. I'll do this for Josh. Throw the tight end. Run the football. Be very wise on the play calling. Um, I, I do think that this is an opportunity for our young receivers to get the ball more get some experience. I, I like the fact that they got some experience last week. They played well. And uh, Ben just needs to stay calm and collected in the pocket. If he needs to take off, take off. Third and four, third and five. You got some open space. You know, big man lowers his shoulder, gets that first down, extends drives, keeps UAB off the field or their offense off the field. And by the way, um, Georgia's, uh, excuse me, UAB did not get a whole lot of pressure on that Georgia Southern quarterback last week. So that's <laughs> something to watch as well. Good. I'm glad because that's that's a good thing for Ben. Knowing Ben is a good pocket passer, he's going to have some opportunities to make some good throws, which he did make some really good throws last week. So that's great for Ben. You don't want him getting pressured, but at the same time, if they're not putting pressure on the quarterback, that is, if I'm Ben, I'm, I'm licking my chops at that. Uh, the other thing is, like you said, field position. Very important because that's that's our game. That's our strength. Uh, I Again, when we win the field position battle, most of the time we're going to win the game. And especially if you don't give them short field position, uh, special, but that's the key to that is special teams, punting, kickoff coverage, kickoff, kickoff team. That's very, very important. So that plays the field position battle plays right into the, to the uh, quality of the special teams. The third thing for me, make key stops on defense, get some three and outs, keep UAB off the field once again, and force a few turnovers. For some turnovers, look, you're gonna have this, this young secondary is gonna have some opportunity. They throw the football. I mean, again, Jacob Zeno threw the ball 43 times last week. Secondary has a chance to make some plays. They have a chance to redeem themselves from some of the mishaps last week. This is a golden opportunity to maybe pick one off, pick one or two off. I mean, Zeno had an interception last week. Golden opportunity to make some, maybe maybe get a pick six, a little, little pick six in there. You know, that'd be nice. But I think this is a great. Uh, this is another week where. The secondary is definitely going to get tested. I would hope that they're not going to run the same gimmicky go route while our guys are looking at the sideline. Let's let's make sure that we're where we get set on time before before UAB snaps it. I'm sure they're going to try to be a little up tempo and take advantage of that based off of what they probably saw in the film. But I don't expect them to run the same offense that ODU ran. Uh, they don't. They don't run that type of offense. It, it's kind of similar, but it's not. So. I think that this is a great, 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 great moment for this defense, especially the secondary, to get some opportunities and maybe pick it off or, or, or at least make some big stops. Just keep UAB's offense off the field. That and I know is you said so important. I know you said three, but I'm going to say three A. That was three A, and now three B is limit the penalties. We got to do better. We got to be more disciplined um, because 
again, when you're when you're playing like he did last week and you're going into a game where you have a very similar team that you're playing against, just you you can't give them anything, you know, you, you can't give anything away to them. You can't give them extra yards. You can't back yourself up. You can't turn over the ball. You, you, you got to do the little things. It's like we said at the beginning. Extend the little things matter. You can't extend their drives. Penalty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there were, I think it was once or twice last week, we got some goofy penalty on third down that extended their drive. You know, just little things like that. I mean, be disciplined. Play disciplined. And that's a trend that I don't like because that, that started last year. We saw that happen last year. A lot of undisciplined penalties. And, and that's carrying games. over. I know. It cost you games. I mean, that's how you get lost. That's how you lose some games. It did. You know? It did. So again, we're going back to back to the basis. Little things. Do the little things you win. That's right. Stick with the basics, like Bud Kimmel would say on varsity blues. <laughs> okay, so that's gonna do it for I mean, you know, again, we've got UAB coming up. That's gonna do it about our or that's gonna do it for our analysis for the UAB game. Um let's talk a little bit about what's going on around the belt. We like to call this segment around the belt. Um Sunbelt last week had a pretty decent week. Um, for review, we'll kind of go over it again. We went over it the other night, but we'll go over it again. JMU got a big win at Virginia, uh, 36 to 35. Kansas State pretty much took care of Troy. I was kind of that was kind of a disappointing game. I thought Troy would actually give K State a decent run for their money. Not really what I expected. 42 13 is a little more lopsided than I think we wanted. Um, but then after that, UTSA and Texas State, I mean, that was a that was a battle, man. That was a war. Uh, Texas State, unfortunately, came up short to UTSA, but it was a good game. Final score, 20-13 to 13 to the Roadrunners. And, of course, Marshall, nice. Another, another Sun Belt win over the AAC, baby. 31-13 to 13, uh, at ECU. That was a very convincing win for the Thundering Herd. Congrats to the Herd. Way to represent the belt. South Alabama. Took care of business against Southeastern uh, Louisiana by the score of 35-17. Heartbreaking loss for the Mountaineers of App State, 40-34 to to arch rival North Carolina. That game could have gone either way. Uh, that was one of those games that it was just tug-of-war all game long. Uh, one or two plays probably made the difference there. Uh, great effort by by the Mountaineers. I know they're, they were definitely heartbroken, but it was a great battle, great battle. Uh, Georgia Southern, of course, defeats UAB 49-35. We talked about that. Uh, Old Dominion, well, we already know we lost to ODU 38-31. Coastal Carolina, victorious over Jacksonville State 30-16. New CUSA, without the hyphen member, Jacksonville State Gamecocks get their first loss. <laughs> uh, Memphis over Arkansas State. Arkansas State continues. I mean, the struggle's real in Jonesboro right now, man. 37 to 3 in their home opener. They've been outscored, I think, 100 to 3. So and the far. sad part is, in, in all the power ratings I've seen in the Sun Belt, we're one team is below us in those power ratings, and that's Arkansas State. <laughs> it's Arkansas State. Yes, yes. Uh, Georgia State victorious over UConn. Nice win for the Panthers by the final score of 35 to 14. How about the Warhawks of ULM, man? Coach Terry Bowden, 2 and 0. With the victory over the Lamar, I think it's the Lamar Cardinals by the score of 24 to 14. Southern Miss, oof, didn't Ooh. see that one coming. Man, that was a that was that was surprising. I, I had a feeling, you know, Florida State would win that game, but I didn't expect it to be like that. Florida State, I don't think it's as much Southern Miss as much as it is the fact that Florida State is just they that are good. so good, man. They're, and we said that last season, ridiculously <laughs> good. 
they're really good. Uh, Florida State takes care of the Golden Eagles in Tallahassee by the score of 66 to 13. So that was your week two review around the belt. But week three, we got some pretty decent matchups coming up. Georgia Southern tries to carry that win streak into Wisconsin. They face the Badgers. It'll be on the Big Ten Network up in Madison. Uh, ODU tries to keep their winning ways going. They host the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. So they've gone from the Cajuns to an ACC team coming to Norfolk, Virginia. Please win this game to make our loss look less worse uh, and less heartbreaking. It'll be nice if they can if they beat if they can beat Wake Forest at home. At least it'll at least I can look and say okay maybe that'll make me feel real. a lot better. Yeah. That'll make me feel a lot better. Please Monarchs do this for us and the belt. Okay, another P5 win would be nice. Uh, East Carolina travels to App State. Whew, East Carolina on the verge of being 0-2 against the Sun Belt this year, man. App State trying to redeem that loss against uh, North Carolina last week. That'll be a good matchup in Boone. Old rivalry renewed. The Tulane Green Wave will travel to Hattiesburg to face the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And I've actually talked to a few of my buddies from Southern Miss. Uh, this is a huge game for them. Great opportunity. Uh, a lot of alumni going to that game. This is a game they've circled on their calendar for a while. It's probably the marquee home game this year for the Golden Eagles. So uh, that'll be a big one. Tulane lost a pretty hard-fought match against Ole Miss last week. But um, Ole Miss was just too much for them. And, of course, Michael Pratt was injured that game. So... Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Golden Eagles, how they respond after that tough loss at, at Florida State. And ULM, well, <laughs> the 2-0 record is fun while it lasted, but they traveled to College Station this week, unless they prove us wrong. They always find a way to pull off some big SEC upset once a decade. Uh, they'll be traveling to face the Texas A&M Aggies, who also had a pretty tough loss in Miami last week. Uh, Georgia State will go to Charlotte. Georgia State looking to start off the season 3-0. Uh, you've got Duquesne at Coastal. And, of course, the Cajuns will travel to UAB. South Alabama. South Alabama has a tough one. They go to Stillwater to take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And Arkansas State, maybe they can get a win. They will host Stony Brook we'll see. in Jonesboro. I don't so know about that. <laughs> let's see if they can, you know, it's an FCS team. This could be a good week for them to kind of work out the just get all that get all that juju out and take care of business there. Get a get a good win to build some confidence. JMU at Troy. That's actually a fun matchup. I think that's going to be a good one. To me, I think that's kind of the that'll probably to me be the game of the week for the Sun Belt. That's just my opinion. Of course, next to Louisiana at UAB, right? And last but not least, Jackson State goes to take on Texas State and San Marcos. So that's your week three schedule for the Sun Belt. Best of luck to all teams in our conference. Represent the belt well. I know the Cajuns will try to do the same. Again, we need those bragging rights over the, the American Conference, man. We need the bragging rights. Because, you know, they got better because they added North Texas That's and right. Rice. That's elevated, right. Really elevated that, that conference. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So, real quickly, moving on. So we talked a little bit of football. We're going to talk a little bit of what's going on around the complex. Raging Cajun soccer played a game last week against Alcorn. I believe it was last Thursday night at the track and field soccer complex here off Reinhardt Drive. It was a 5 nothing game. And of course, it had to rain and it had to thunder and it had to lightning. And what did they do? They don't give us the win. It's not like baseball past the fifth inning where the game counts. Oh, no. 
The game didn't count. Nada. Zero. Nothing. We were up 5 nil. I'm calling somebody. Who do I we need to get, call for that? We should get a W, man. That should have been a W. I'm getting somebody on the phone. I'm calling Come William on. William G. He'll win this one. Oh, no, not William G. <laughs> Who's our sponsor? Gordon. I'm calling Gordon. Gordon. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Watch my mouth there. Yeah, I was about... You were close. You were close. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the Cajuns, they, look, they took care of business against Alcorn. They had about 28 minutes left, and the game was called due to rain and excessive thunderstorms. So, unfortunately, we couldn't get the win there. It's a good game, though. I mean, they, they, took, they did what they were supposed to do. Um, and, unfortunately, this past Sunday, uh, the Cajuns took on Lamar, lost by the score of 2-0, and they will travel to San Marcos this Sunday, September 17th, uh, to take on the Texas State Bobcats. It will be the opening match in Sunbelt Conference play. And you can watch that game on ESPN+. And guess what? The Saints don't play till Monday night. So if you want to tune in, if you, if you, if you don't want to watch too much NFL football, if fantasy football is about to give you, you know, the, the heart attack because you got to watch everything, just turn into some Raging Cajun soccer, right? Kind of calm the nerves a little bit. <laughs> I want I want some of those jerseys, man. Those ladies have some oh, hot jerseys. Or excuse me, I know it's not called a jersey. It's called something weird because they play on the pitch and they have the shawls. And I don't understand oh, all the man. the soccer talk. I'm gonna say I want one of them jerseys. The shawls. <laughs> they they don't call it. They call it something else. It's not a jersey. It's a it's a knickerbocker or something. I don't know. Oh my some gosh. word I never use, but it's I'm not saying it right. But I want one of those. Is what I'm saying. So if anybody's listening out there. <laughs> Hook a brother up. I'll give you my address. Right. Houston, Texas. I'll cook we you a brisket. Look, we, we talk about branding. We need to market that UL soccer shield, man. That yeah, we thing do. looks awesome. Well, there's like, a lot we of marketing a, we need to do, but that's one well, of them. Definitely. That's way <laughs> well, high up on the list because that's, that's that's beautiful. A, that's a conversation for another day, but you're right. No, it looks it looks awesome. I'm kind of upset that I don't see more apparel with it. Um, but we know some people around town we could probably get it from, so... We're definitely going to try to, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, selfishly, I'm going to, I might try to get a shirt or something made custom made with that design. If it's available, if we're licensed to do it, of course, I don't want to break any rules, but, uh, no, that soccer shield looks pretty cool. And I think they need to flaunt it more, but anyway, moving on to volleyball. Finally, after 11 games on the road, the Cajuns return to Earl K long this weekend. And it will be the Sawyer Camillo Memorial Classic. Always a great classic to remember uh, Sawyer. And the Cajuns will take on Nichols tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. You can watch the game on ESPN Plus or you can just show up. I mean, look, we pride ourselves on having one of the greatest atmospheres in all of college volleyball at OK Long. OK Long's become like sort of like its own Cameron Indoor volleyball. It, the historic. it really is impressive. Historic. Don't forget that. Do you know who came up with that saying, by the way, the historic Earl K. Long, Jim? You? No. No. <laughs> no. Who? It wasn't. T.D. Smith. The he said it as a Smith. joke. He said it kind of tongue in cheek because it was, you know, not that great when they first started playing in there. So he kind of pumped it up by calling it historic. And and with all the work they've done now, I mean, it's caught on since then, but it truly is. So just, just a little Cajun trivia for you. Hey, you know what though? That's why we're here. We know our Cajun history, and of That's course, right. you know, TD. You can't mention K, raging Cajun history without the the voice of Lafayette, TD Smith. I remember one time when I was um, when I just moved here. You know, TD is in all. He used to be in all these random commercials, and I remember going to the UL games as a kid and remembering his voice. I mean, it was very you know, it, it stood out. 
And I remember one time I'm in the car listening to some commercial and it was TD and my buddy and I are laughing. I'm looking at him. I said, he's at the UL games. He goes, oh yeah, that's the voice of Lafayette. He's the <laughs> voice of Lafayette. Uh, TD was always the voice of Lafayette. Oh man, I have so many TD stories, most of which I cannot repeat. Um, <laughs> but my dad, one of them, my dad would see him, you know, he was always on the, the TV commercials for, for, um, for Harvey Toyota. And then it was whatever Toyota in, in Lafayette and he'd bang on the hoods. He got, my dad would always say, man, I'm not going to buy any car from him. He's beating him up. Why would I go? He's hitting him. That's not good. Uh, but <laughs> one of my favorite TD stories that I still to this day will randomly sing out. And I don't even know if this is a real song, but like TD would in the middle of a baseball game when it's like, you know, eighth inning and we've been playing for three and a half hours and there was a rain delay and everything's quiet and you hear him go, I don't want a pickle. I just want to ride my motorcycle. And that stuck with me ever since. So if, if, if TD has left me with anything other than memories is knowing that random song for some <laughs> unknown reason that's still in my brain to this day. You know, this is funny because I remember coming up to the press box at the old TIG a few times and you and the guys, y'all would just start randomly singing Kenny Rogers. Just randomly. Like, <laughs> okay. The would just, so just I'll tell you, do you, you don't know why we did that. No. Y'all so would just start randomly singing it. There's a fan to this day that still goes to the games. And the joke was he looked like Kenny Rogers. I mean, he really did. He looked like Kenny Rogers. And some of you probably know him just by me saying that. I know and exactly who he whenever is. He'd walk, yeah, whenever <laughs> exactly he'd walk in the stadium, <laughs> whoever saw him first would would sing, you got to know when to hold him. And then the rest <laughs> of us would join in. It, that, it, it was a thing. So, yeah, oh, there were a lot gosh. of press box things that we did that, that I mean, we had Mr. Ball. We had we had so many different things in the press box that <laughs> I could go into and, and probably write a book about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we yes for sure. But anyway, farmer back Fran, to volleyball. We're talking about <laughs> farmer Fran, but farmer yeah, I mean, I'm getting way off subject. Let's go back That's to volleyball. Okay. That's okay. So no, again, volleyball opens the home stretch this weekend. Again, Sawyer Camillo Classic. They'll take on the Nichols Colonels tomorrow night, Thursday tomorrow night, September fourteenth, six o'clock. Uh, you can watch it on ESPN Plus or head over to the uh, Historic Girl K Long. I believe it's, uh, I think it's still free, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's still free. So, And if it's not, uh, give money. And if it is free, give money anyway, because they need it. <laughs> yeah, they need it. And 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 look, they've, look, that, that volleyball team's fun to watch. They're a lot of fun to watch. So they'll take on Nichols tomorrow, uh, Friday, September 15th at 6. They'll take on the UNO Privateers. Again, 6 o'clock tip-off, ESPN Plus. And on Saturday, a matinee, 2 p.m., Against the Prairie View AM, I believe they're the Panthers. You can see that game on ESPN Plus. And then next Thursday, they'll open up conference play back to back games next Thursday, September 21st, and Friday the 22nd, both at six against the Troy Trojans. Again, those games can be on ESPN Plus. I will actually try to make it to at least one game this weekend and one of those Troy games next weekend. Uh, the Mizzes and I have talked about bringing the little one out there. Uh, kind of exposing her to volleyball at a young age, see how much she likes it or not. She's going to love the people there. I'll say that. My daughter, uh, we went to the football game uh, against Northwestern State, and she just she was in awe of like looking around at everybody. We thought you know she wouldn't have been able to sit still. She just kind of stood there behind her chair looking up at everybody. So I love it. I'm I'm actually excited about that because now I can bring her and she'll get distracted by all the people around her. And I know Earl K. Long's going to be hopping. So uh, we're definitely going to try to make a game either this weekend or next week. So best of luck to Coach Gray and the girls. 
And so, yeah, that's going to do it for. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we, oh, I thought you were going to say that's going to do it because we got, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. We're not done yet. Come on. We got to hang out longer, man. All right. I just wanted to make sure, man. Jeez. Jumping the gun on me, dude. (laughs) I heard you say that's, that's all we got. I'm like, for volleyball. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. All right. Well, wait, are you expecting me to say something now? Yeah. I was, I was expecting for a Raging Cajuns golf shout out. That's what I was waiting for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, it's actually. So you I'm see, glad, I wasn't crazy. No, 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 no. The Cajun golf. You know, I was okay. First of all, help me out here, okay? And 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 I don't mean to come off as ignorant when I ask this, but I always thought the golf season was spring. Is it all year round? I don't know. All I know is they played in a tournament and they tied for first. <laughs> yeah, and they lost in the playoff, but they tied for first. I, I don't know. Josh is more of the golf guy, so he could probably give you a little more detail. Um, but but uh, all I know is they played and they won or tied for first. So that was a good show. Yeah, by those it was guys. it was so so it was the uh, the Argent Financial Classic. Correct. And they actually tied with uh, Southern Miss and UAB. So we we tied with them and then there was a, um, a three team playoff, which Southern Miss ended up winning. Uh, but just great showing overall by the uh, by the golf team. Didn't want to didn't want to miss out on congratulating them on a great showing there. Yeah, as I look at this, I mean, Central Arkansas, Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, UT Arlington, UAB, Rice, Houston, Middle Tennessee, Abilene Christian, North Alabama, South Alabama, Troy, Nichols, ULM. There were a bunch of teams that competed. And um, as of, I want to say as of today, the Cajuns looked like they were in fifth. They were tied for first, but this was yesterday. So yes. I have to see. Yeah. So they yeah. ended They ended the tournament tied for first. They had a playoff. And then okay. the playoff ended all ended with the Southern Miss winning those playoff holes. So, but that's that's a great that's a great performance, man. That's yeah. a great performance when you really think about it. I mean, Coming off of a regional tournament bid, right? So well, so it, it's, it's correct. I mean, when when you when you come off winning conference and you play in the national tournament, the expectation of maintaining that success is 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 never easy, especially for a sport like golf, right? I mean, you lose one or two golfers, that can make the huge difference. And for them to come in and and play that well in this tournament, kind of as if they're picking up from where they left off, I wonder if uh, Coach Theo and the guys can be looking at a repeat this year, man. Hey, and, and it wouldn't be a surprise. It. I mean, you know, last last year was kind of like a an eye opening, like okay, uh, they did pretty good. But you know, I, I think now that again, like football, that that level has been set, like baseball, that getting into a regional every year. That, that bar has been set. Now we need to not only continue that, but we need to build upon that. And I think that's what Theo's is going to do for that that golf team. It's been a while since they've had some success, and, and it looks like he's putting it together. So uh, excited to see what they do uh, on the course this year. So this was right outside of Ruston, basically. Like This was a, a, a tournament that Louisiana Tech hosted, and we finished ahead of them. So we went into their house and finished ahead of them. Whatever. Ah, no, no, come on, man. We always got to celebrate that. We always got to celebrate that. I don't think about tech. They're irrelevant because they're in well, Conference they, USA. Well, <laughs> well, they've become, you know, they're actually, so speaking of which, their president is retiring, believe it or not. So, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. The, the one that's retiring, he's been there a while, hadn't he? Yeah, he has. Probably I think over 10 years. Yeah. Over 10 years. He's been there a good bit. Um, I've, I've had the chance to meet him. Nice guy. But uh, they... Uh, <laughs> It was amazing. Ten years ago, they were talking about kind of where USF is. They were going to be a P5. Now they're playing Sam Houston and 
Jacksonville State for conference games. Anyway, that's beside the point. So the golf team will travel. So they're going to follow the football team this weekend. Starting on Sunday, they will be traveling to the GMAC Invitational right outside of Mobile. Or not outside of Mobile, but right outside of um, Birmingham. Uh, it will be hosted by UAB. And then on October, they'll be going to the U- <laughs> the USF Invitational in South Florida. So they've got a bunch of uh, tournaments coming up in the next few weeks. And um, they're actually going to be going to Hawaii at the end of October, um, as well as uh, outside of Las Vegas. So they've got a bunch of pretty cool tournaments they have coming up. And uh, we want to wish Coach Theo and his golf team the best of luck. And... Um, Let's pick up from where we left off last year. I, mean, I want to be that, holding up another trophy. That's a tough job where you got to be a golf coach and go to Hawaii. Oh, uh, I don't know how he does the it. The scenery must be terrible. Plays right? plays golf all he wants. You know, oh. coaches kids how to play golf and then gets to do it in Hawaii. Well, think of it like this. Look at what he has to recruit to now. Yeah. At Oakbourne. I mean, not bad. Makes, makes a world of difference. So that's going to do it for golf, Nick. For golf, <laughs> we got one more thing. Before we go, UAB this weekend, Birmingham. Nick, give me your prediction. Man, I don't know. It's going to be, I think it's going to be something like a 31 to 34 game. And I think it might come down to a field goal that we execute on and they don't. Um, so I think it's going to be high scoring. I don't. I, I think the the offensive offenses from what I've seen from both of them can can put up points. It'll just be um, which defense blinks quicker and and who uh, who executes on those uh, extra points. Uh, not extra points. Field goals. So we'll see. So so you like the Cajuns thirty four? Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Of All course. Right. I'm never going to pick Good. against the Cajuns. You said 31 34 and it Sorry. depends but you Sorry. did say no. you did say we'll make the field goal and we'll make so we'll execute on a field goal okay. and then and, okay. and they won't and I think that'll be the difference. I like the fact that we scored 31 on the road last week coming from behind and still had a chance to tie. It's something minuscule but with all the mistakes and penalties and three and outs that we had early on the fact that we still came back down 31 17 and still had a chance to tie it at the end. I feel like if we correct those mistakes this week and don't try to play behind the eight ball, we should win. We can win this game. I feel like this could be an opportunity for us. If we keep this game neck and neck until the fourth quarter, that's our advantage. I will probably say, yeah, actually, I think I think it'll come down to something like a field goal. And I think we'll have the upper hand on that. I'm going to say the Cajuns win this one. I say they correct the mistakes of last week. I say that they play a little more poised. They play a little more disciplined. And I don't think they make the mistakes two weeks in a row that they made when it comes to special teams, blown coverages. And I think they overemphasize basically pre-snap pre-snap formations correct all that i think they get all that corrected i think the cajuns win a close one i i think it's a three-point victory like you said but i say 31 28 cajuns 31 28 cajuns big win on the road come back all the momentum against buffalo and i think if we win this game i think everybody can kind of 
take a deep breath and say, all right, we're okay. That's what I'm hoping for. Or we could come back after the game on here and just be like, oh God, another week. Here we go again. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to say also, and I meant to say this earlier that when we were talking about the positives from the, from last weekend's game, one of them was that the team believed till the very end that they could win. And every time ODU punch, we punch back. So for those reasons, I think is also a positive going into this weekend. So, um, yeah, I, I think we come away with a close dub. Well, let's hope you're right. But with that being said, guys, I think that's going to do it. Nick, anything else you wanted to add before we go? No, I think that's it, man. I think, uh, Let's just let's get bit, get a big win and uh, bring some momentum back to Cajun Field for a big game against Buffalo. Yeah, and that's going to do it, guys. Look, the Saturday night kickoff, the Cajuns will go to play UAB. The Blazers of the American Conference will be at Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama. Again, kickoff is at 6 p.m. You can watch the game on ESPN Plus. Listen on 103.3 The Goat, 14:20 a.m. One hot 107.9. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see what we can do. Let's see if we can redeem ourselves. I think the key word is redemption. Let's redeem ourselves this this redeem ourselves this week. Win this game. Come back feeling good against Buffalo in front of our home crowd. And uh, have some momentum as the season goes on. It's one game. It's one game. But you know what? You got to start somewhere. Let's start this week against the Blazers. That's going to do it for the Rager Review Podcast. I'm Jerry. That's Nick. You can follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we'll have the episode up most likely tomorrow. Uh, you can listen to us on uh, platforms such as Spotify and Apple. And uh, again, guys, it's been fun. It's been fun for Jerry and Nick. We're the Raging Review Podcast. Have a great night. And as always, go Cajuns.